you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 119 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, your host Bob Chichinsky. Here with my good, good friend, Dogbark24. Dogged, how you doing? I'm uh, doing pretty good. How are you? Doing good, man. Excited to be here. Especially because we are talking freaking patch notes this week, man. I think these ones crept up on us faster than pretty much any other patch notes uh, ever. Uh yeah, it's uh we're like all right, like we have to do this episode sometime soon. When is the uh uh when's the DLC day? I don't know. I don't know. Um oh, by the way, the DLC day was yesterday. So, it's like, oh, okay. So we we have them up now. So, that's good, right? Yeah. So, update 39 is officially live. It's a special one because it's just you know updates and bug fixes and some quality of life stuff so very interesting new path for ESO this year so we're gonna go through the notes and we're very excited to do so with you all as always these are some of our favorite episodes of the year and since they're a little bit different we're expecting it to be a lot of like information kind of stuff you know not you know, new sets, not new dungeons, stuff like that. So, you know, uh, we're going to bring out all the important stuff and all the stuff that you need to know, as always. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what we're, uh, we're here for and we're excited for. That's what you're here for, to make sure you know what you need to know for ESO going into the next, I don't know, four months, three months. Do we have another DLC this year? Yeah, we do. Oh my god! Yeah, Q four in like you know two months. They just pump these things out. All right, so uh, dogged. Do we have some news, or are we just hopping right into patch notes? I mean, there was like that double experience weekend, right? What did you do during it? There was that double XP weekend. It was nice. Um, gosh, I really. Like, I remember doing a bunch of dungeons. I wanted to do, like, more. I wanted to do Master Ritz. Like, uh, I know you're going to tell your ridiculous tale of. But I just can never get around to doing that, man. I'm so lazy when it comes to Master Ritz. But it was uh, really cool for them to just throw on a double XP weekend. That is something I have been, um, you know, advocating for since the drop of eso that was something that you know for me as a kid playing you know halo 3 or halo 4 or whatever i like you know double xp weekend that is like clear your schedule i'm gonna play video games all weekend so uh that was really cool everyone i thought was really excited about that and uh coincided with you know QuakeCon and like you know that's probably why they're doing it but there's a lot of other things going on during it and it was just really good time for it really cool 
And I think we got some Dragon Star runs in there too. So I definitely, you know, cleared my enlightenment and more. So very nice. And I stayed ahead of Gramaton and champion points. That's really the important part of this. Yeah. Yeah, we def we definitely did some uh Dragon Star. I I do remember that. So easy now, it just still blows my mind. I'm just tanking it like, uh yeah. We almost no death did this time. I don't know if that was during the double XP weekend, but no, just as far as it was, goes. It was, yeah, yeah. We I did a lot of masterments, though. You know. Yes, please, please tell <laughs> the world. All right, I did three hundred and thirty-five masterments, which is a lot. And not on PC where it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, no, I had to, like, type them out. Like, I had, like, a two-page document being like, all right, this is what I need to go do. And I had to go do it. And but I need, but in order to do that, I needed to clear my character inventory, which was a hassle. That was, like, a two-hour endeavor. And then I also had to clear my bank, like, my entire bank, which was also, like, a three-hour endeavor. So this whole thing was probably, like, a ten-hour endeavor before I even got to, like, the crafting part. So... Probably more time spent playing ESO in one weekend than you've done all year. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I did 335 Master Ritz and I got 17.3 million experience, which only amounted to 21 CP. Well, but when I, you have like 2,500 CP already, yeah, then it's kind of yeah. how it goes. Yeah, but I did get 7,834 RIT vouchers, so that was pretty solid. What are you going to do with all these RIT vouchers, dog? I don't know. Maybe buy some item sets. Some item sets? Yeah, the uh, sorry, some crafting table sets, you know? Okay, okay. Maybe to go with these up. possible, uh, you know, master tunable stations coming later this year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when everything was all said and done, my uh, player inventory was 38 out of 215, and my bank was 53 out of 480. And I was like, wow, I didn't know my inventory or my bank could get that low. I didn't know it was possible. So. But all your storage chests were still full at home. Oh, no, no, no. They were all gone because I, I took out all my master rits out of them, so. So they were empty too. Oh my god! Yeah, I emptied out a bunch of stuff. So but my characters could have been. My, my characters had uh, every character had like a bunch of crap on them, and they uh, still okay. have a bunch of crap Fair on enough. them. Fair but enough. You got to stash it somewhere, you know. I had to. Yeah, you know, I needed to get rid of like seven hundred spaces, so it was a lot. Well, we hope you all enjoyed the double XP weekend as much as we did. I mean, hopefully yours was as productive as dogs. That's probably, I mean, at this point, unlikely. I mean, 17 million is a lot of experience. I mean, honestly, though, yeah, that's a lot of experience. I was trying to think of the maximum enlightenment, but it's 4.8 mil. So, I mean, that's like four times that. Um, Yeah. That's dope, man. But uh, like I said, I hope that's something that they continue to do going forward because I think everyone really liked it. And clearly, crazy people like Dogged really liked it. 
Yeah, it gave me a reason to do them, which is what I was waiting for. So. And now the next, you know, um, Witches Festival or whatever Double XP is next, you can actually enjoy it instead of doing all your Master Roots. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we got enough news to talk about with these patch notes, so we're going to get right into it here. Of course, first off, the first thing we like to talk about, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, is freaking Cyrodiil, because it's glorious and PvP is amazing. And if you haven't done it yet, what are you waiting for? So, we got some Cyrodiil stuff for you. So we don't have scores yet for PlayStation, so we're going to wait and put it in the second half of this episode, which should be coming out, you know, a few days after uh, the first half. Um, Just so we can have uh, the full scores all together. And we're just waiting on our good homie, Lotus. He's going to get those for us. He's been helping us out with that as my... uh, uh, subscription to PlayStation has been down for a little while now, but regardless, thank you, Lotus, and uh, we will have those scores for you here soon. And uh, don't worry, because I'm sure DC is probably leading all of them. Right, yeah, dog? for sure. Definitely not, though. <laughs> dog, no, no spoilers. I'm just kidding. But all right, so let's kick this off with some Cyrodiil stuff, dog. What do we have uh, to start us off for these update thirty nine patch notes? All right, well, you know, and it is Cyrodiil related, so we have some new PvP face and body markings. It's the unfeathered battle markings, and this requires one hundred K AP to purchase and fifty gladiator proofs to combine. Fifty proofs, huh? Yeah, it's a lot, isn't that the same as the gladiator costume? It is, yeah. Seems excessive. I think so, yeah. But, but I mean, I guess if you already saved up all the proofs and bought all the other stuff, you need something new to do, right? Yeah, you know, makes sense. So, we got new stuff, guys, new stuff to buy. We also got, uh, we did um, tell you guys about this a little bit um, uh, after the ESO, um, you know, thing. We were talking about how they were going to put this out. Um, So, it is out now. The PvP death notifications. They have added a new death notification feature to Cyrodiil, Imperial City, and Battlegrounds give more details about combat and deaths. This new chat feature will alert you to who defeated whom around what area the death occurred and show alliance ranks of those in battle. In Cyrodiil and Imperial City specifically, you will also get more information on crossed swords, which is the, you know, obviously little swords on the map. So when you go look at it, you will get more information showing who's currently winning in that particular fight. So, yeah. 
Crosssword indicators are displayed when there have been three or more kills in an area within a short period of time, and last for 30 seconds after their initial creation if no more deaths occur. So, there you go. I don't think I've ever seen the exact definition of how things get uh, flagged. Well, that's not even flagged. That's the, like, swords on the map, which is even more kind of random. So, I like that. It's good to be just like, boom, it's there. I agree, yep. And then Willem Battlegrounds, this messaging will be truncated slightly as the area which a death occurred isn't necessary. So, obviously, it's going to be like green team killed red team or someone, I don't know. These notifications can be toggled on and off in the social settings. And if you're wondering, yes, this new function is actually defaulted to on, unlike the cool PvP feature added in with Necrom. Which was that one, dog? That was the uh, keep capture. Uh, when you claim the keep resources or the keep thing, like you get alerted whenever the NPCs die. Oh, that's the one. Uh, yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Actually, yeah, the, you probably forgot about it because you know it was uh, turned off. Default I did. Off. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You probably I, forgot that. Uh, you know, they probably you probably yeah. thought that they didn't add it in, but they did. Yeah, you know, it was just I, off. I was waiting for it actually. Was, uh, <laughs> so they've expanded yeah. upon this. So that's cool. So now you all know you can go turn that on and then you could have that and this. It's really cool. Um Wow, yeah, what a goofball I am, man. I swear to god, I play this game like a noob sometimes. <laughs> but I love I, it. I, I don't know. I didn't notice that was a thing until I saw streamers have it on, so I'm I was right there with you, you know. There you go. It happens to the best of us. All right, next up, they uh, improve the Imperial City Treasure Scam Pollute. Uh, scams located in the Imperial City sewers will appear less frequently, but offer significantly increased rewards. The old timer was five minutes, uh, so they may have went back to the original timer, which was like 14 minutes. But I can't say for sure because they don't actually say what the timer is. So could be very hard to grind them, but... Fortunately, if you are trying to grind them, the uh, achievement things for them have been reduced from 15 kills to 5. And the max one, the Trove Scamp or Cunning Scamp Exterminator, is just 10. So you'll need to find 10 of those now. But as far like the actual loot goes, uh, the Cunning Scamps will now reward a greatly increased quantity of Telvar Stones. And the Trove Scamps will now drop a tradable piece of Imperial City gear in addition to their previous rewards. And the item sets can be dropped include Black Rose, Galarian's Revenge, Imperial Physique, uh, Meritorious Service, Phoenix, Powerful Assault, Reactive Armor, Shield Breaker, Thews of the Harbinger, and Vice Cannon of Venom. So Trove Scamps are actually pretty good because, especially if you get like one of those good sets. Like, I don't know if Thews of the Harbinger is pretty good. Shieldbreaker's alright. Imperial Physique, I think, is one of the good ones, too. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Trust scams can definitely be very uh, beneficial if you get a good item set from there. Alright, and one more thing we've got for PvP. So, as far as the target markers go, target markers on enemy summons and combat pets will no longer appear on the compass while in PvP areas. Target markers are now cleared for both players and their summons, both at the beginning and end of a duel. Okay, so that's weird. You could target, put a target marker on someone's pet in PvP and it just stays on it forever if it's summoned? Is that what that is saying? Seems weird. Yeah, who knows? You know, pets are weird, so they probably don't function the same thing as like a player. So, yeah, that is weird. But all right, well, that makes sense. So, uh, some definite updates on the PvP side of things, even Imperial City stuff. So, that's the whole gist of Update Thirty Nine. You know, they really are trying to go, and uh, you know update things, fix things, uh, things that maybe have been overlooked for a while. So, as far as that goes, let's get right into uh, the, you know, deep end of Update 39. Let's hop right in, dog. Hope we can swim. Um, so, first off, we got quest and content improvements for new players. All you newbies out there. Um, as part of an ongoing initiative to improve the initial experience of the early game and make it less overwhelming with endless quest pin spam, they've revised many quests in major cities to show up later along your leveling path so as not to misdirect the unwary. The Prophet and other base game main quest bestowers will now only appear in chapter and DLC cities after you are at least level 5 and have completed the first quest in the respective zone story. Story quests not join the guild quests offered by the Fighters and Mages Guild will now only be visible to players level 5 or above. Hmm. That's interesting, because I feel like that's been happening from before, but anyways. They also reworked the Fighters Guild bestowals in all zones so that Bear Morrismith does not chase you down anymore, instead waiting patiently by the guild entrance to flag you down. Oh my god, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I, uh, I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, you know who just bothered me today? And yesterday, and the day before that, and all of last week, and the all of the week before that, Bear yeah. Moore Smith. Like Stuga caught a lot of flack, but wow, wow, <laughs> Bear is oh my god, a torment constantly. Yeah. The guild is in need of your help. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Hey, the guild doesn't need you. Oh, hey, you're trying to do mount speed. Hey, I I'm here. By the way, I'm here. Oh hey, yo, you're trying to talk to the your stable master, but I'm here. Talk to me instead. It, I mean, I think I've done it on like two characters, so at least ten <laughs> times a day logging in and blocking your rits. The guilds in need of you. Like, oh my god. 
Sometimes, you know, you just phase it out, but honestly, like, you can't phase it out every time. Like, you're gonna (laughs) hear it. Like, oh, man. So that's good. That's a good one. Yeah, Stuga got nerfed, and then she got curb stomped, and then she got sent to the tavern. (laughs) Meanwhile, Bora Moresmith, like, nothing ever happened to her, but now something happened to her, and Tamriel's a better place for it. They were like, wait, people don't do the Fighters Guild quest? <laughs> you mean you don't do the Fighters Guild on every character? On wow. every single character ever. Yeah. All right, so following up on that, we have the Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood Vector quest now require you to be at level 5 as well. These quests are still available at any level within their respective zones. Um, a Room to Spare, the housing introductory quest. Flyers are now only visible to players level 6 or higher. The quest is now also more consistently available across appropriate locations. Thorin Gerard no longer yells at you to learn how to play Tribute in places outside of High Isle before you reach at least level 6. So... Still gonna yell at you at some point. Yeah, honestly, I think it should be like CP six thousand. <laughs> okay, so just give her the Stuga treatment. Yeah, for real. All right. So uh, also, they have the ability of crafting certification quests has been standardized at level six in most locations. No, why not all? I don't know. Must be a thing. Uh, next, bestowers for Delve, World Event, and World Boss Daily Quests will now only be visible to players level 7 or above, or if they are shared with you. Uh, next, we have Bulgruel, the Undaunted Daily Quest Giver, the Delve Daily, will now only be visible to players level 7 or above. Then we also have the Daily Quest Bestowers from the Fighters and Mages Guild, level 7. Bestowers from Battlegrounded and Daunted, level 10. Uh, for zone vectoring quests, such as Craglorn, we're looking at level 15. For prologue quests, we're also looking at level 15 and above. And finally, bestowers for trial introductory quests will now only be available to players level 50 and above in cities. But you can still get them in the trials themselves at any point, regardless of level. So, just a lot of standardization right there, you know. Fixed a lot of stuff that's like, uh, wait, what level is this? Uh, I literally text dog all the time. I do new characters like, what level do I have to be for uh, Ritz? So, you know. It's just good stuff to standardize stuff where you don't have to wonder like different levels of, you know, like is enchanting this is blacksmithing this, you know, um, as far as dailies and undaunted, it's just good to be able to know all that stuff. Like, okay, this is the level. Yeah. And, uh, if you are trying to do like the prologue quest to Necrom, you can still get that in the crown store for free and then it'll, be available to you that way. So if you're trying to do a certain type of content, the prologue quest for it is always available through the crown store for free. So 
but that way you don't have to be like, all right, I'm trying to do this. Oh, hey, here's these like 10 other prologue quests that you don't really care about right now. So. But once you yeah. hit level 15, you know, they're all in your face now, but. Which doesn't take long. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have a navigator quest pins. As part of this update, we've introduced a new system that utilizes the Navigator service NPCs in Tamriel's major cities so to track quests, either actively tracked or not currently tracked, in to indicate if any links will take you to locations where you have quests. This manifests as the, quote, door, unquote, uh, pin that is typically used for transit between spaces. This, which is now present over the Navigator NPC if they have a suitable link to your destination. While in conversation with them, their conversation line options will also have the door pin next to them, indicating that this is the dialogue option you should select to reach your quest location. Now that would have been helpful when I first started playing the game. Because when I first started playing the game, I wanted to go do the New Life Festival, but I didn't know how to get there. Because I didn't know how to get to what East March, I think what it was. So that would have been very helpful to me. Way back, that was then. like a big jumble of words, man. I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> they're just gonna have a new pin for stuff. Like, I mean, I I didn't really get that first half, but the second half, I was like, oh, you know, that would have been actually very helpful because, you know. <laughs> Trying to contact the NPCs, be like, all right, I want to go to this area. How do I get there? Well, I to take this boat to that boat to this boat. And it's it's a mess. Yeah, yeah I feel that. All right. So there you go. Some something good going on. Uh we also we gotta upgrade to event tickets. Now they haven't touched event tickets since they've dropped. So this is interesting. And they go on to say, we have introduced a new safety rail for event tickets that come from looted sources and only looted as quest ones already have a warning involved when you go to turn them in. So as the quest one, when you go to turn it in, it's like, hey, man, got too many tickets. Now, when you go to loot something, it's going to tell you that to you. That's good. It should definitely do that. Um, they go on to say, when you complete an action, which would have dropped event tickets, well, at or near the event ticket and currency cap, you will get the message. Once you spend enough event tickets to properly loot additional tickets, you will be able to loot them from the next event appropriate source. If you fail to loot your event tickets at all, because you forgot, because you crashed, or because an asteroid hit your hometown and you managed to survive but lost internet, oh Gina, you're the best, you will not automatically be put on the daily reset. You may attempt additional dungeons, kill bosses, or whatever the event appropriate activity is until you completely loot your event tickets for that day. So that's really cool. You're not going to lose your event tickets no matter what. You have a chance to kill the boss, realize that you have too many tickets, go spend them, come back, kill the boss again, and get your tickets. That's really cool, honestly. 
Yeah, I kind of uh, spaced out there when you said hometown because all it's, all I was thinking was like dragons in your own homeland. What are you gonna do? <laughs> and turns out you can still get event tickets. So we've clearly talked about too many uh, NPCs <laughs> that say things over and over in your ears because now Dog is hearing them all, all the lines. Yep, all of them. Uh, so to finish up this event ticket stuff, they have a couple more points here. They say you could still only receive event tickets once per day. And this behavior is currently in place for Undaunted Celebration and Witches Festival and will roll out to other appropriate events over time. So these are definitely uh, the two big ones that actually kind of came to mind for me. Like, oh, what do you loot that gives you the tickets? Um, for sure Undaunted and for sure uh, Witches Festival. So uh, it's perfect timing. It's two of their biggest events. Two that they definitely needed this update for. And yeah, this is what Update 39 is all about. You know, getting stuff like this taken care of. That's stuff that like, well, you're playing the game and you're like, oh, it'd be kind of nice if like this, you know, that's Update 39. Uh, yeah, that's what this part of Update 39 is, yeah. I mean, most of Update 39 is like that, but there's a few where it's like, huh? Why? <laughs> but you'll, you'll get to that later, you know. Of course. Alright, so uh, before we get too far along here in this episode, we want to hit you guys with our quick little Robots Radio break. Remind you all that we are part of the worldwide amazingly popular robots radio podcast network or if you check out robotsradio.net you'll find so many other shows that you'll love so go check it out in a world where solid state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta people never stop loving atomic powered everything a chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Alright, dog. So, uh, let's get right back into this. Why don't you uh, start us off with the next part of the notes here for Update 39. Alright, so there's some new and updated achievements. 
In this update, they've added new achievements for some existing content. If you have completed these already, they will be awarded automatically upon first login. So completing a mythic will now grant an achievement, and there are also meta achievements for completing all the mythics in a given zone. I'm pretty much almost done with that, minus, you know, Necron and Galen. I think everything else I have most of the mythics for, so... Wow, that's actually pretty impressive. That's something I was wanting to do, but it just definitely lays out on. Yeah. I mean, not... Especially for ones I'm not going to use, you know? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Getting a respective class to level 10 and to level 50 will trigger an achievement. Antiquities that require you to find multiple fragments will not have an achievement associated with them. That'll actually be nice to be able to keep track of what you still need to do. Because there's a few of those that I don't know what I need to do still. So, Or more like most of them. But Antiquities is one of those where like if you haven't really gone there in a while, you don't know where to start. So, Yeah, that's fair. It's only in uh, Solitude, right? Oh, yeah. I, I meant more like um, I meant more along the lines of like if you're trying to grab like one of the big items that, you know, need like three pieces or 15, like you don't know, really know where to start. And maybe that'll be more helpful. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fencing 20,000 gold worth of items at a given outlaws refuge will trigger an associated achievement. Dungeon collectible fragments are now usable. Using all the necessary items will trigger the associated achievements award the collectible. There is a new achievement when you max out your excavation and scrying skill lines for antiquities. They adjusted the point value for several achievements or edited their text for to better communicate how to trigger the achievements. They lowered the count for many achievements, which include the following Imperial City Treasure and Telvar Scamps, the medals awarded for certain Chaos Ball and Relic PvP achievements, G Lars Dailies. And several Orsinium achievements. Kind of curious who G-Lar is. Do you know who G-Lar is? No. I'm bad with names. Hmm. So what does it mean dungeon collectible fragments are now usable? Does that mean the public dungeon things? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, I was hoping they added new dungeon collectible fragments to the other dungeons. And, you know, give a reason to go back into them. How crazy would that be? Yeah, that'd be super crazy. And G-Lar is an Argonian agent of Zero Daily Collections from Merkmeyer. So, yeah, that, that's the, uh, I think, prologue. Or prologue daily quest, but yeah. Now we know who he is, though. G-Lar. Alright, so they also have some updates to the way item sets are sourced. They say in order to make it easier to find and obtain various item sets, we have fixed, adjusted, and otherwise cleaned up some item set sourcing. Detailed below. So in Cyrodiil, Rewards of the Worthy, still newest item sets. Uh, boob. Okay, whatever. As new sets continue to get added, older sets will be removed from the rewards of the worthy and added in the other sources, including Cyrodiil Delves, Dolmens, Board Missions, Daily Quests, Town Merchants, and Elite Gold Vendors. 
Town Daily Quest and Town Merchants will be divided by light, medium, and heavy, with the exception of Chadenhall and Coral slash Wayne on Priory. These Daily Quest reward coffers can reward any set. All PvP sets are available as individual containers on both Town Merchants and Elite Gear vendors. Town Merchants have a discount price of 12k AP, and Elite Gear vendors have a higher price of 20k AP. Wait, so now you don't have to go to the specific town? You could just buy it from the Elite Gear vendor? Theoretically, yeah. I believe that's what that says. So Man, that's going to make a certain Vox we know very happy. But, I don't know. I, I feel like crying Vox- about no one will take freaking Cropsford with me. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. Stupid. I mean, Cropsford is ridiculous. Why there's yeah. three flags with three <laughs> sets of NPCs is beyond me. But, uh. Well, point made for me. There you go, man. And then all PvP item sets will now drop from Cyrodiil Delves, Dolmens, and Board Missions. Delves will drop Waste and Feet. Dolmens will drop jewelry. Board missions will drop all other armor pieces. Bounty and scout missions will award armor pieces from a new container. And battle and warfront missions will reward weapon slot pieces from a new container. Oh my gosh, dog, new container. Hooray, rewards to the worthy and uh, containers. Hooray. Yes. My and is gonna hate me forever. Well, open them, dog. And any discrepancies in drop rates based on item slots have been brought up to current standards. This means rather than having a significantly higher chance of getting jewelry drops from sources, you will now have an equal chance of getting any piece of gear. This standard will be maintained for item sets going forward. So, we got a lot more about item sets here, dog. Why don't you take over and tell the people about good old Craglorn Trials? Alright, so in order to fix a number of item set creation issues with the Craglorn Trials, we have adjusted the locations of some item sets. The shared set pool will now be broken up, and each trial will now drop four sets. The breakdown is outlined below. Ethereum Archive will now drop Defending Warrior, Healing Mage, Infal Mage, and Quick Serpent. Hellroth Citadel is now Berserking Warrior, Destructive Mage, Eternal Warrior, and Poisonous Serpent. And Sanctum Ophidia is now Immortal Warrior, Twice Fanged Serpent, Vicious Serpent, and Wise Mage. And to fix the discrepancy in items that sourcing, Valerial in Ethereum Archive will now drop head, chest, shoulders, and legs. Uh, and the two Atronarchs will now drop hands, waist, and feet set pieces. And completing a trial, completing a Craglorn trial on normal difficulty will award a blue quality gear, while completing a trial of veteran difficulty will always. While completing a trial on veteran difficulty, we'll award a purple quality gear, with jewelry potentially being gold. So that's a bit of a nerf instead of getting, you know, this solid gold or guaranteed gold, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a bummer. 
So after Craglorn, we've got Hughes Bane, and we're just going to keep moving right on through these because we've got plenty to go through. Uh, the Dells and Hughes Bane will now drop hands, waist, and feet in all weights. World Bosses will now drop the head, chest, leg, and shoulders in all weights in addition to jewelry and weapons. The Chess and Monsters in the Overland will drop sets in all slots and weights. Daily Delvin World Boss Guest Coffers can award sets in all slots and all weights. They also added reward coffers with the Hughesbane item set drop to the following quests. Memories of Use, The Last Pearls, The Sailor's Pipe, Thrall Cove, and as well as that, Thieves Guild Heist Containers will drop sets in all Plots and weights as well. And so I might be able to actually go and farm those sets now. You very well might be able to. I believe in you. Yeah, I think I might also be able to farm, you know, the Gold Coast sets now because, you know, they have the similar kind of uh, changes going on. And that's going to be Delves and the Gold Coast will now drop Hands, waist, and feet set in all pieces, including flaking strategist and hide of Mori Haas. Uh, world bosses in the Gold Coast will drop head, chest, leg, and shoulder in all pieces, in addition to jewelry and weapons, including flaking strategist and hide of Mori Haas. Chests and monsters in the Overland will drop sets and will drop sets in all slots and weights. Daily Delve and World Boss Quest Coffers will continue to award sets in all slots and all weights. And Dark Brotherhood Sacrament Containers will continue to award sets in all slots and all weights for Sithis Touch. It remains silent will continue to award all, all slots in all weights for Sithis Touch. So Sithis Touch is still, you know, a bit of pain to grind, but, or to complete, but... It's, I guess it's a bit more doable now, so that's a plus. All right, so we also have uh, something kind of cool, which is the stacking of identical crown store items. And they made some changes to how certain crown store items appear in your inventory, which will allow for items that appeared to be the same, but came from different sources, to be stacked. Select the Stack All Items keybind from the UI if you have some affected items to reclaim inventory space. Items from Daily Login Rewards will now stack with their associated Crown Store items. Yeah, that's going to be useful to me because I have a few random things that just both stack together. Pretty sure I have three separate stacks of like Crown Soul Gems, so that's interesting. And kind of uh, expanding on this, though, a little bit, is uh, character-bound items obtained from Level Up Rewards that previously shared a name with non-character-bound items now have bounded their name to differentiate from each other. For example, a character-bound version of a Crown Experience Troll will now be listed as a bound Crown Experience Troll in your inventory. Yeah, that's going to be the big part for me. Like, all these character-bound things that just take up space. Yeah. Now you know which ones you should use first, which is pretty important. Because B comes before C. 
So. Something like that. No, it does. <laughs> They're uh, also unifying unsellable items. They've made changes to certain items to allow for better understanding surrounding what can and cannot be sold. These changes should make the experience of selling items significantly more consist consistent and clearer. Uh, any item that is listed as zero gold in your inventory cannot be sold. Certain items that were previously listed listed as zero gold in your inventory but still uh, but could still be sold to merchants will now be valued at one gold. Items impa items impacted by this change include weapons and armor picked up directly from clickable items through the environment. Certain crafting materials, low-level provisioning, food and drink, lockpicks, and items found in the tutorial. So you can now sell your crusty bread for one gold. Alright, so they also have some new furnishings in this update. They say they're providing us with some new furnishing offerings, including 29 new structural furnishing plans, which can be acquired via the Necrom reward coffer obtainable by completing the Telvani Peninsula world boss or delve quest dailies there's also some master writ vendor offering adjustments they've introduced seven new master writ furnishing plans on rollers halalu which can be individually purchased for 125 vouchers each uh, you have the necrom cart funerary endoro chandelier vice covered uh, the Endoral Chandelier, Vine Covered, uh, Dwarven Door, Bronze, Telvani Lantern, L Luminous Mushroom, Dark Elf Tent, Multi-Room, Necrom, Necrom Crematory, Furnace, and Mirror of the Weaver. The uh, previous seven Masterate Furnishing Plans on Rolla's Halalu were introduced in the Scribes of Fate DLC, and they have been removed to Faustina Curio, which is his assistant for a discounted individual at 100 vouchers each if you have the completed the unsurpassed crafter achievements. And then the previous seven master furniture plans that were on her, which were mostly High Isle in style, having collected into a new item called the High Isle Furnishing Folio. And this can now be purchased from Faustina if you have the that. Uh, unsurpassed crafter achievement for 700 writ vouchers. This new folio contains scratch that. Uh, Faustino Curio now offers a new item called Gallon Mixed Furnitures Document, which contains any of the blue or purple quality recipes from Gallon available for 30 writ vouchers. Uh, provided either the agent of Arabelle or Mournhold mercenary achievements have been completed. So a lot of master it stuff. Your favorite after doing all those. I mean, I don't really care about furnishing plans, but yeah, they're all right. Well, you could buy them all if you wanted. I could, yeah, but I won't. So you can now place furnishings from your inventory, which is pretty awesome. There's also a furnishing preview placement that they added, 
and uh, is available when previewing items from the purchase tab of the housing editor. So you can see exactly what that new furnishing is going to look like before you put it in your home. Which is really cool. And they also are suppressing companions in favor of assistance. So when you have a companion out and you summon an assistant, your companion will be automatically re-summoned when your assistant is unsummoned. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, one of the uh, better changes that this patch has, especially for like just convenience, because a lot of times I'll have uh, Isabel out and like, up, oh, I need to go put something in the bank. And then I log off and I forget to bring out Isabel out for like weeks on end. But yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. Next up, we have a uh, occlu- occlusion calling. Uh, occlusion calling is now optimized and available for all PC players. Enabling this graphical optimization will prevent the game client from performing rendering calculations for objects that are completely hidden from view by other objects. Doing so can provide a frame rate boost at the cost of additional CPU and memory usage. Uh, you can enable this feature in the graphics settings. This is recommended if your frame rate is limited by your GPU rather than your CPU. If you previously enabled the beta version of occult calling via your user setting file, you may need to re-enable it in your graphics settings. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, continuing on, we've got some new Endeavor activity types. They say that they're introducing multiple new Endeavor types in Update 39. All of which may now show up in your daily and weekly Endeavor activities, offering you new ways to earn seals of Endeavor. Which I don't think has actually been in in place yet because the uh, Endeavors have been the same on as consoles so far, at least as far as I can tell. Maybe uh, this will happen once uh, the Endeavor system is the same on console too. All right, next up, we have the Antiquity Skill Lion Crown Store Unlock. Uh, when you fully complete the excavation and scrying skill lines on one character, it now unlocks the ability to purchase those skill lines on other characters. You must maximize both skill lines before this new pro- product is available for purchase. Purchase of this product will now unlock both the excavation and scrying skill lines, if not already unlocked, and advance both skill lines to the maximum rank on the character that purchases it. This new offering will be located under your upgrades and the skill lines in the crown store. And it is 3,000 3, crowns, which isn't terrible if you don't want to do the grind. Because the grind is awful. Like, I've done the grind twice. And I started it on a third character. And I hated it. And I stopped it. Because I didn't care that much about it. So, I decided, you know what I want to do? And the answer was anything but that. So that sounds like a fair answer. Yeah, that that was my thoughts. So, all right. So they do have a couple updates for our companion friends here. Bastion's potent potions now correctly grant the following combat buffs and resources. His health ones now correctly grant health, magicka, major intellect, and fortitude. 
His magic potions now grant magicka and major sorcery and intellect. And his uh, stamina ones are stamina, major vitality, and major endurance. So there you go. Miri, on the other hand, now gives rapport when losing treasure chests. Well, or when looting. That's rough. So, they're also reduced how often Miri comments when you harvest materials. She now comments slightly more frequently when you cast an ultimate. Reduce the frequency of Miri commenting when visiting the Rothgar Museum. Miri is likely to have something to say when doing the Morrowind Relic Daily Quest and Fighters Guild Daily Quest. Miri is more likely to comment when entering combat. She also no longer comments on killing livestock if you are in combat. And Ember is more likely to comment about her joy of harvesting runestones. Alright, you're going to be excited for this one. Uh, they reworked all Dark Brotherhood guild quests, so there is no longer a skill rank requirement. No more skill grinded needing to just to do the story. I think Fox will like that one too, because I think he said something about wanting to do the Dark Brotherhood story, and but not wanting to do like the Dark Brotherhood stuff, like the grind. Oh wow, yeah, okay. Actually, I do like that. That's something that. Uh... I think they should have done from the start, but here we are. Alright, next up we have many, 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 many bug fixes for quests, uh, especially for the chapter. There's also many housing fixes. If you're into housing, you should probably check it out, because I was looking through them, like, I don't know what any of this means. So I could, I could, we could talk about them, but I don't know what any of them means. So if you're into housing... You should probably go check out the patch modes because there's some bug fixes for you. And then also, there's even more quest fixes. So if you're when your quest was bug, you might want to go check it out too. search like whatever DLC and or, or the quest title and look through that. So. Lots of quests, lots of quests. Yeah. There's also some uh, tribute changes. Uh, tribute NPCs are now less susceptible to Patreon victories. And in case you're wondering, this is just fancy wording for the NPCs are being are even smarter now. So don't worry. New new DLC don't, doesn't matter. No, it doesn't mean it matter that there's any you know quote unquote new content. The NPCs still got smarter. All right, there's also adept expert and grandmaster rank tribute NPCs will now take their actions more quickly. And this is just more fancy wording for the NPCs are being smarter now. Uh, expert NPCs will now use all the cards available in the Amalexia deck, which is, you know, even more fancy wording for the NPCs being even smarter now. And lastly, novice NPCs now play more appropriately to their level. So maybe these ones got dumber. Maybe they got smarter. Who knows? I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Because I don't play... Against novice NPCs or at all, so they could be easier, they could be harder. I don't know, but for the most part, the NPCs got smarter. So, all right, so we also have some stuff they touched up with the Necron world events. They reduced the health and damage output of Herald Seekers in the Apocrypha and Telvanni Peninsula zone. 
which is nice because those things are gnarly. Each Bastinimic daily quest now has its own unique name to help you differentiate between them. They also added additional guidance to direct you to Ordinator Tendessa for optional conversation. They reduced the amount of Daedric Icker you need to harvest to 4, down from 5. And Periite Diseases no longer fall of off and... Periite diseases no longer fall off involuntarily in certain locations. They also fixed an issue where cane marcher strix would no not respond properly if stuck. And they fixed an issue in the irrefutable herald fight that would sometimes cause your character to become desynced after dying. They last but not least, they removed an errant poison gas cloud that was emitting under a door. Alright, so that finishes up the Necrom roll events. Next up, we have the Activity Finder. And they fix an issue where pre-made groups queuing for a dungeon and the Activity Finder could sometimes have members desynced from the group. And that's a bug that we get all the time. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really that that's cool. fixed. Yeah. I'm liking that. Hopefully, it'll stay fixed for the, uh, you know, Undaunted event. Yeah, really. Alright, so we got some random things left. Dogged, I'll read these first few and then I'll hand it over to you. They reduced the number of anchors required for Fighters Guild from 3 to 1. Um, Fighters Guild dailies, the Somerset Geyser and Dragonhound dailies specifically. They also updated the visibility of the highlight effect that Crux spending abilities have when at 3 Crux for Arcanus make them stand out more. The bonuses that increase your damage done to monsters will now also apply their effects to proc-based damage. That's nice. And yeah, there you go. You go ahead and take over, Don. Alright, sprint animations for your character will no longer be incorrectly played as a result of increasing movement speed to high levels. Now, I like Invisible Spray on stealth, you know. Like, it's pretty great. Uh, it's kind of like the whole point of being a vampire. You can just be in stealth, and you don't lose any penalty to your movement speed, so you kind of just sprint around walking everywhere. And, yeah, I like that. So, I hope I can still do that, even though it sounds like I won't be able to. I'll feel slow, even though I'm not. And I don't like to feel slow, so. Yeah, that'll be interesting, honestly. It's something that's been there a long time. I guess I'm now I'm, I'm going to like crouch sprint everywhere I go. Just like very, I'm going to take very long steps. So that might be really weird to look. Now I'm interested in seeing what it looks like. Yeah, I got to see it. All right. And then lastly, while grouped, you can no longer leave an instance area while in combat. Now, I think a lot of people have kind of like touched on this and I think the general consensus is that uh, this is such a stupid change. Like, I get that this may be problematic for, like, the 50 people that actually do score pushes and may, like, abuse this to their benefit. But for everybody else, this is stupid. You know? Unless, giving them the benefit of the doubt here, they fix the endless stuck in combat bugs, you know? And combat now ends when your combat is lying on the cold 
hard, dead ground, and they're dead on the cold, hard ground, you know, that's pretty, you know, uh, reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, pretty reasonable, I, I think, you know. Uh, or you do nothing combat related for 30 seconds. You know, you're just walking, you're walking, you're walking, you're still walking. You made it to Ash from uh, Glade Mist. You're still walking to Nickel, though. You know, that's way more than 30 seconds. Or, you know, lastly, you're farther than 1,000 meters from your combatant, or whatever the max distance of siege weapons are. Because those are really long, and I don't know how long they are. So, but uh, that's, you know, just me going off of, like, the combat bugs being stuck in combat so you know dog loves being stuck in combat yeah but a lot of times when you're in dungeons you know like sometimes there's just some people like if you're, you're doing way rest sewers right do you really want to go down there and kill the two alligators not really um then you have a bunch of dungeons like you know black art haven there's npcs that get stuck up in the wall they get stuck up on the trees and they don't come down you know, like, you can't really kill things through the wall, so I don't know. I, I think this is a dumb change, unless they, like I said, they fix, like, the uh, stuck-in-combat bugs and all that kind of nonsense. But, yeah. But uh, that wraps up this episode, though. You know, next one, we're going to be talking about all the combat-oriented stuff. So, set changes, class changes, Weapon changes, I know that's going to be a big one. Um, Deej changes, that's also pretty good. Yeah. yeah. All that's next episode, so. I'm impressed we made it. And, uh, yeah, we got another episode's worth for you guys. Um, yeah, so be excited. Still plenty more changes for you to know about. And, yeah, in that case, why don't you hit us with the outro, dog? All right, you can find us on Twitter at the at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on our Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us in our ESO PC or Xbox Guild of Ares the Red Diamond, which you can join on Robots Radio Discord found at robotsradio.net. And you can check our show notes to find all the pertinent links you need. And uh, if you want to go review us and give us five stars and leave some words on Apple Podcasts, we will shout you out to the stars of Tamriel. Dogged, where can they find you? Find me on Xbox, Twitter, and ESOPC, all of at dogbark24. And I'll be in all the same places at Bob underscore Chichinsky, Twitter, Twitch, ESO, and Xbox. So come hang out. Come uh, tell us all about the cast. Come tell us what you're thinking about Update 39, and if you're liking how they uh, just did bug fixes, not uh, dungeons, etc. Anyways, thank you guys so much for hanging out, as always. Uh, a lot of information this episode, and there will be even more for the next, so make sure you uh, stay tuned, and we'll see you all soon. Yep, see ya.
My name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose.